Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Joining us right now, though, on the hotline, we welcome in from NBA.com, NBA TV. You find him on Twitter at Seiko Smith NBA. It's Seiko Smith. Seiko, how the hell are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Okay, I, I, I don't know what type of conversation we're going to have because there, there's always a bit of a difference, and I don't know if you've noticed. You probably have between people who cover the league and fans of the league. So, like a fan of myself, I'll sit there and I'll make bombastic opinions about LeBron James and his legacy, and then I got to talk to a guy like you who will probably bring me a little bit back down to earth. <laughs> so, so let me ask you this, Seiko: Do you think, do you think that missing the playoffs hurts LeBron's legacy? I, I don't think it does anything to it one way or another because we're going to see what he does in the aftermath of it. There are going to be three more seasons at least on his current contract where he'll have a chance to make people forget about the fact that the first year was a, you know, a disaster. Think about his first year in Miami and how bleak it looked after they lost the championship to the Mavericks and people were talking about his legacy and you know the fact that they didn't get it done. They, you know he, he left Cleveland when he shouldn't have. They went two straight championships in Miami, and nobody was talking about the first year. Nobody's mm-hmm. talking about them losing to the Mavericks. It was all about, you know, what is LeBron doing right now? So he'll have a chance to, to put this in his rear view. Um, but, yeah, right now it looks all sorts of bad. And, you know, and I'll tell you this, Ken, there's not a player and not an athlete on the planet who needs the extra two and a half months LeBron's going to get when the Lakers don't make the playoffs. I mean, this guy has played to the last day of the season eight straight years. He mm-hmm. needs the break, whether he knows it or not. Sekou Smith joining us on the show. Find him on Twitter at Sekou Smith. You know, you, you got a great point there about LeBron. I brought up, and I, I started the show with it. Back on February 9th, I said, if if they're not in the seventh seed and just the way the playoffs looked, because I thought, man, if you get to the eighth seed, you're just going to get your head hit, kicked in against Golden State, and that ain't going to help anybody. But if unless they're at the seventh seed by then, get out of it. Just just shut her down. Now they're going to go to load management, things like that. How much do you think that will help LeBron, and how much do you think it will do to maybe reignite a fire and maybe change the way he plays because he will miss the postseason and you know that's going to be part of the conversation without him in the postseason during the NBA playoffs. I think it's huge. I think he's getting ready to to sit back and have a chance to reevaluate how he approaches the remainder of his career. Uh, and, and he'll do some soul searching. He'll look back at this season, how he handled things, uh, particularly with his younger teammates, and, and figure out some things he needs to tweak. It's there's something about coming up short, even at this late stage of an all-time great career, that will force him to reassess the ways that he's gone about his business. And like I said, whether or not he or the Lakers realize it 
it's actually a good thing. They, they, you know, some of the reset that they're going to be allowed to to do by not making the playoffs gives everybody a different perspective from the front office ownership all the way down to the last guys on that roster. Do you think he might have lost a little bit of perspective because you go back to him showing up with wine, Bill Palachki wrote about it, just the way he kind of looks, it's almost like the Lakers came with L.A., where the Lakers are one of the most storied franchise, franchises in sports history. Really, you should be protecting the brand of yourself and the Lakers instead of worrying about living in L.A., shouldn't you? Yeah, I'm sure, look, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that LeBron, like a lot of stars in, in sports, in entertainment and otherwise, L.A. can overwhelm you. You don't look at L.A. like it's New York, where the media presence is as massive as it really is. But when you get out there, L.A. is a it's a pressure cooker, like like any huge media market for for guys who play on the number one team in the market. And the Lakers, I don't care about the NFL, I don't care about the colleges, uh, hockey, any. The biggest game in town. The the one thing that the stars come out to watch more than anything is the Lakers. I've been going to Lakers games for almost twenty years now, covering games. Tell me where else you go and find that A list clientele sitting in the first five rows to watch anybody else. They come out in droves. They love their Lakers. And I'm I'm sure that LeBron, even though he thought he was prepared for it, it probably overwhelmed him a little bit this year, just recognizing what it means to put that jersey on and to be at the center of all that attention in L.A. Sekou Smith joining us on the show, NBA.com, NBA TV. Can anybody upset the the Golden State Warriors, or are we just kind of saying that to stave off boredom? Well, look, I I never say never. Um... You know, when they won 73 games and we all assumed they were cruising to a championship and Cleveland came back and beat them, that that should prove to you that anything can happen. Um, But there's not a team right now that you look at and say, on paper, they can go in and and win four, four out of seven against this Warriors team. Houston seems like the biggest threat for the second straight year, and I'm not sure that I feel comfortable even even contemplating the idea of uh, you know of Houston being able to beat them in that series, we saw last night what the Warriors look like when they're dialed in and ready, you know, for the challenge that that awaits them. And they're not playing the opposition right now; they're playing legacy and history and their own internal, you know, adversity in terms of trying to win a third straight championship. Um, you know. Third and four years, and really, the the history of what they're trying to do, they're 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 playing for something bigger than just themselves. They're trying to play for uh, some hallowed ground in in the history of the game. Is Kevin Durant truly unhappy? No, I, I think Kevin Durant is like a lot of guys who reach the pinnacle of their career in, in their late twenties. Think about it. You know, you when you climb that mountain at that stage of life, you start looking for new challenges. You start, you know, searching for different motivations and things that that keep you, you know, motivated and, and fired up. I just think he's a guy 
who's exploring the boundaries of what he can do as a professional, as a person. And sometimes it manifests itself in strange ways. I mean, his, he's looking for the boogeyman. He's looking for somebody to keep him with that chip on his shoulder. And, and unfortunately, that somebody right now is us. It's the me. <laughs> Do you think... Well, that's a different way of putting it. Do you think, though, that maybe... Just flesh this out with me. What if he stayed at Golden State after this year? Everybody assumes he's going to leave. And it seems that any time there's a problem, we just blame him. We just blame Hey, Well, Kevin Durant's leaving. He's a great big distraction. And so we just blame him. Well, if he goes to New York, there's even more media that's on him. If he stays in Golden State, say he finds a way to, to sign a long-term deal. Usually guys who are there for the long haul, who are really, really good, will always end up taking their side in the media for whatever reason. Would it be beneficial to him to maybe stay with the Warriors? I think if you want to win at the highest level, there's no doubt he should stay with the Warriors. I mean, that's a no-brainer. Um, and what he and Steph and Clay and Draymond, those guys could do, if they were to stick together and, and buck the trend of guys, you know, leaving when when the getting's good, Kyrie left, looking around the league, if the guys, you know, who have vacated winning situations, mm-hmm. that would that would be beneficial to his career on and off the court and his legacy. I mean, think about the how much they could win the next four to five years in Golden State. All those guys could set themselves apart in terms of rings, better than almost anybody in, in a couple of generations. Who, who would have won like that since the, the Jordan Bull? You know, I mean, I, and I'm not of, the, of this idea that he's got one foot out the door. I really, I, I, think, I think the chance that he stays is greater now than it is that he leaves. I know what the narrative is. I know what the speculation is. But you don't walk away from that kind of winning unless you are really committed to whatever that next step is. And and I got to see it to believe it. To see a guy walk away from that. Sekou Smith joining us on the show. How seriously should we be taking the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors? Dead serious. They're, 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 they're both very good, match up very well with anybody else that they would face in the finals potentially, including the Warriors. Um, you know, the Bucks haven't done it yet because, it, you know, we got to see them win a series together with Giannis, you know, leading the way. And, and I think we obviously will see that in the first couple rounds of the Eastern Conference playoffs this year. Toronto's a different beast because we know that they've had a ceiling in the past, but they haven't had a guy like Kawhi Leonard to steer them, you know, through, mm-hmm. through those sorts of potholes in the playoffs. Um, but I think they're both very dangerous. Um, they would be my two favorites along with Boston, you know, in the Eastern Conference. And I think all three of those teams would be very formidable in the finals against the Warriors or whoever comes out of the West, but most likely the Warriors. Who's your MVP real quick? It's funny you ask. I've, I've got on my NBA, I mean, on my MVP ladder on NBA.com yesterday, I had Harden and Giannis tied at number one, which is everybody thinks the top out. But I really do think <laughs> it's that close right now with five weeks left, and one of those two guys has to separate himself to win it. I, I think it's a two-man race right now. Um, 
And if I had to lean towards one of them, you know, as a drop-dead thing right this minute, I would think that as good as Harden's been, Giannis has been steady all season long on the best team in the league, and that would give him a slight edge. Wow. See, it just feels to me that, and I agree with you, and it's funny you laugh about the cop-out thing, but I agree with you on that. I just feel that it's like when we look at this, if you play to that level – you you kind of wait your turn. It's like, oh, Kevin Durant this. Okay, fine, we'll make Kevin Durant the, the MVP. All right, we make Steph Curry the MVP. Okay, he's earned it. Now we make we make James Harden the MVP. It, it almost feels like now in this last generation, there's guys who are there. You just got to wait your turn. And I, it feels like it's James Harden's year that he's waited his turn to be that guy. Look, he's been fantastic. But I have a very hard time not rewarding a guy who's done what Giannis has, which in our in the history of our MVP metric in the NBA, if you're the best player on the very best team, and then you do it on both ends the way Giannis does, mm-hmm. that that would be very difficult to see him be passed up for that award, even when a guy's had the kind of scoring season that James Harden has. Um, but we do. We tend to get caught up in, in the offense, in the scoring, and to me, we don't always measure the, the overall impact that a player like Giannis brings. I mean, he's taking a Bucks team that was nobody's pick to be the best team in the NBA and taking them to a galactic level this year. You, gotta, you have to weigh that very heavily in his favor. Sekou, I thank you so much for the time, my friend. All the best. We'll talk to you again soon. Sure, kid. Take care, man. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 